to be here, isn't it? Amen. Amen. We certainly love you with all of our hearts. It's so good to see you. And uh, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You're from South Cape Town. Amen. God bless you. So glad to have you in the house of the Lord. And amen. Maybe after service, I get to shake your hand. And amen. Glad to have you here. Hallelujah. Isn't he good to us? Amen. Brother John, glad to see you back in the land of the living. Amen. Been some tough bugs that's gone around. and Amen. We've got a bug here now that's, that you better not drink the water. Amen. Amen. Things are happening here at this place. And so today we, we I, I watched a special uh, uh, thing take place. Brother Tim Pruitt, dedicated Brother Michael Dexter, it's a little new baby, and little Brooke, and uh, Brooke Kirsten, and uh, to the Lord, and, and if you remember, it was her father that was standing in the pulpit that had, that had stepped just into the washroom, and he just knew in that presence, it was just, it was just something he never felt before, and then and then uh, he would go to the pulpit and he had a story, he had a story that he felt to share and that was a story of that Sister Biscoe told uh, at Switzerland that there was a couple that was desiring a baby and uh, they were in a boat with Brother Branham and they were going across some waters that had, had logs in the water and they called them deadheads and the captain of the boat was kind of just steering and all of a sudden uh, just a sudden bump hit the side of the boat and Brother Branham said no that's that's not a log that's the angel of the Lord and he's came into the boat and he's going to give this lady's wanting a child and he's going to give this lady a child and he tells that story and the, and the Lord meets us there that day and, and, and today they had had four miscarriages in a row and after that event took place, Sister Bethany had a, had a pregnancy and, and literally every kind of complication that you could have, she seemed to be going through it. They kept telling her the baby was deformed and, and all of those different kinds of things. And you know all those things just weary in your mind. And, and we prayed for her at the meeting and then, and then Brother Tim had a dream that she would be born and she would be beautiful and everything would be well. He dedicated that miracle to the Lord today. And so we just thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Brother Jeremy, do you have a picture for me? I want to share a picture. Amen. This is a miracle. At Easter, I met this man and Brother David sent me a picture of him this morning. He said, you recognize this man? <clears throat> well, this man was in, and Brother David Mayers had came to the meeting as a visitor, and uh, he had hair longer than most of your sisters do, and it was in a ponytail, and his, and his clothes were just really ragged and and he just kind of walked with a stoop like this right here. A very tall man, about your height, Brother Josh. And he just walked kind of stooped. And 
You can tell he's taller than Brother David, and Brother David is, uh, is a quite tall man as well. Well, this man, he came in the prayer line, and I told him, the Lord told him, you have a suicidal spirit, and you're fighting depression. And God set him free. I like it when God does work, don't you? Oh, yeah. Come on, Amen. And Brother David wanted to send us that and tell us that God's still alive and well. Amen. 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 I believe it was Monday morning. We got the call that, or Monday during the night. Was it Monday during the night? Yeah, it was Monday during the night. 2 a.m., we begin to get calls that Brother Terry Melton, which is Sister Betty. Sister Betty is Brother Joe Green's sister that, that she comes here and many times plays the organ as well. And, and uh, she stays upstairs. And, and her husband, her, you know, there's just certain people that you just click with. And, and Terry was the kind of guy that just click with. He was in a good old boy club. And he, he was just a good guy and a hunter and fisherman and kind of guy that just kind of stood out on the porch and everybody loved to talk to and all those kind of things. And he'd come to church for decades, fought different little weaknesses in his life. And, but he's always would come to church. And You know, coming to church and knowing the Lord's two different things. Amen. And so he and I were buddies and he was the kind of guy that actually uh, had actually let me hunt in his tree stand. To give you an idea, he never let none of his boys hunt in the tree stand. Oh my. But he let Brother Ron hunt in his tree stand. And Brother Joe Green never got to hunt in his tree stand. and Never got to hunt on the property, but he took me. Amen. I always felt kind of special that he took me. And so, and so we, we, we'd been that kind of a friend through the years. And, and it was in the August camp that You'll remember, it was, I believe it was a Wednesday night service that the Lord had just done some very special things. And I, I told him, I said, if, if I could just operate behind a curtain to where man couldn't see it or, or nobody could hear my voice but just see the Lord Jesus, that's what I would really like to see take place. And As it would be, there would be several that would come to the altar and we would pray for them. And then after the service, Brother brother Matthew here and, and, and then Brother Alden, who's just a faithful deacon, he just came and they, were, they would meet me at the curtain and take me to the office and, and I'd change my clothes and get ready to leave. And, and so, and so I, as I was going through the curtains, you know, when I went through the curtain, I, I began to just feel that feeling. And we began to, one after another, begin to have prayer with them and, Brother Nathaniel Green being one and his wife Caitlin and, and, then, and then there was a couple more that was standing there. It would be the night to which that also Brother Guido, if you know the story about Brother Guido and Brother Guido as he's coming and he's watching these things take place, Brother Guido says as he's standing and he's just coming, his arms stretched out like this and I begin to tell him, Brother Guido, I see trouble coming for you.
and, he's, and, and, and then a couple of other things that came and then, Brother Guido, there's a train that's coming and it'll be okay for you to get on. Even in that, then Brother Dwayne Jackson and his wife was standing there, just had prayed for her only moments ago, but now I call Brother Dwayne to pray for him and, and uh, I, I begin to talk to him. You've been running from a call for 17 years and, and then I begin to speak to him about total commitment to God. And you know, the just presence of the Lord came. I don't know exactly the sequence of it all, but Terry was standing there, Brother Alden was, was there, and Terry was standing there, and he was just watching all that happen, and tears running down out of his eyes. And when I came to him, he said, I can serve a God like that. And he looked at me and said, Brother Ron, I need prayer. And I just bundled him up. He's a man built much like me. And I just bundled him up in my arms. And I began to pray with him. And I just felt him just heaving in tears. And, and, and just, just giving his whole life to Jesus Christ. Sister Betty told me, she said, he was coming to meet her to take her home. And they were going out the back because she was playing the organ and as they would leave out. And she told me, she said, he was different from the moment he left you. Said, I walked out of that building with a different man. Brother Andrew would speak to him just only a few weeks later and, and he would talk to her and he says, I met him that night. I met him that night. And, and he would begin to tell him, says, because a few weeks later he would find out he had cancer in, his, in between his lungs. And he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared of the, of the cancer. I have no fear of that. But I really hate to leave my wife. <clears throat> None of us want to do that. Amen. None of us want to leave. The other morning he, they had went out to get a little bite to eat and with some friends. And they came home and did like a lot of us do. They'd sat down on, on Sunday evenings and then they'd sat down and they'd sit in their easy chairs and sat there and, and, and they just drifted off to sleep and about one o'clock in the morning they woke up and, and uh, said, we ought to go to bed. I don't know if many of you guys do that, but we, we kind of do that sometimes. And, and so they, they made ready to go to bed and Sister Betty was making her way to, to bed and Brother T Terry was cutting off all the lights and, and as he was laying down, he he, 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 he sometimes couldn't breathe well and so he, he'd set, he sat up and, and he coughed and, and I won't go into it but he coughed and he said, Betty, get 911. Just a few moments he went home to be with the Lord. Amen. They called me the next morning and, and talked to me about it and I told them, I said, I could come if you know if, if you want me to come and so they invited me. They wanted me to preach the funeral yesterday. And I would say in attendance, it was probably uh, only Brother Homer's funeral would be larger than, than, than Terry's. And if you could have set them, probably couldn't have set them all in the parking lot. And uh, it, it was just, you know, when a man is a friend to everybody and, and he's always been a buddy and been that kind of a guy. And he'd had a lot of friends, a lot of workers that had came there, a lot of, a lot of family members that was there. And then uh, they started at 11 o'clock and, 
And so they allowed us to start the funeral at two and friends were still coming. And I, I just thought it was just, I thought I'd just take a moment to share with you. We don't realize in life, we don't realize in life how quickly it all comes and how it goes. Brother Alden just said something to me just a moment ago that he's given thought to. He said, had he came and stood there and just kind of slipped on, maybe just slipped onto the car, he'd have missed his opportunity. I don't want to miss my opportunity when Jesus comes by. <clears throat> I think sometimes God has eternal purposes that he wants to do. And so we just thank the Lord and I think of what an incredible miracle that was. and I think now, Brother Dwayne Jackson, I think he's preached about 10 sermons now since that night. Brother Guido has went to be with the Lord in a complete surprise. Only, only just a little bit before, he's playing with his grandchildren. They're up on his head and he's reading the paper and they're just milling around his head like any grandpa would do. And they're shuffling his hair and you know, he's playing and they're gone. And in a few moments, he's gone to be with the Lord. We don't know. We don't know. It's not about what we attain in this life. It's not about what we attain in this life or what we own in this life. It's about who we meet and in that special moment. And Amen. And I, I, I think of all of those things. And as I would stand here this evening, I... I just, I just think, oh God, help me to be at the right place at the right time. And, amen. And so we just thank you for your sharing us last night. Now, Andrew did an awesome job. We listened to the song sung and the preaching as it was preached. And I, I just so enjoyed that with all of our hearts. And I was driving up the road and amening with you. And Sister Connie was amening with us. And Amen. When he finished, we stopped at McDonald's and got ourselves a hamburger, just like we would do if we was here. So, amen. Got home last night about 11.30. And, uh, we left after the cookie exchange, and we drove into the night. I, I think we got in bed about 2 o'clock and then got up yet Sunday morning and, or, or Saturday morning, and, and uh, I, I got ready for the funeral and, and then drove home and got home last night about 11, 11.30, probably 11.30ish type thing and, and tried to get to bed and, and then I have to be honest with you I slept in a little bit this morning and amen, amen. kind of the weariness of the trip and well I say slept in I didn't sleep you know, mid, midday now amen if I sleep past 7 I've slept in so so amen God bless you and I hope you hope that's okay we've got a birthday we got a Christmas present coming for you next week we thought about it as boys. What could we give our audience as a Christmas present? You know, if I give you candy, you'll eat it, it'll make you fat. And then come January 1, you'll have to work on that thing. You know, if I, if I sing a song, you'll all leave. But Brother Branham said that God has a present for us and it's wrapped wrapped in humanity. So we've invited Brother Danny Steeman to come and preach for you next week. And, and um, we're going to take care of the experience, expenses of that. And, and I want you to enjoy him. 
I want you to enjoy him and uh, Brother Danny's been a special friend to us. It's the only time that he could come and he's been a special friend to us. His meeting is actually going on right now. And so Brother Mike uh, Walls is there and so we want to pray that God would just bless that meeting. Yeah. Somebody else is there, but it's gone. It's gone right now. But, but we would pray that God would just bless that meeting. Amen. Did you come to have church? Yeah. Amen. Isn't he good to us? Yeah. Amen. Love him with all of our hearts. Let's stand to our feet. One thing about it, we'll try to get you as much exercise here at church as you can get you. And so, amen, we love you with all of our hearts. St. John chapter 5 and verse 31. Glad I'm still standing, aren't you? After Andrew's sermon last night, I'm... I still believe. Amen. Amen. I believe. You believe. Why? Brother Branham said I could preach to believers all night, so maybe. Amen. How many still believers? Amen. God bless you. St. John chapter 5 and verse 31. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Therefore, there is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. You sin unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. You were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. That's quite a statement, isn't it? You enjoyed his message for a while. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father hath sent me. And the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. And ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abide in you, in you for whom he hath sent. Him ye believe not. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye cannot come to me that ye might have life. Amen. I want to read this. I think it was read last night, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are not, were not seen, are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let's talk to the Lord just now. Almighty God, we love you with all of our hearts this evening. 
and we bow our heads before you to the dust which we came. And we want to remember Sister Betty and her family and Lord Sister Tanya, the boys there. We pray that you would just bring them strength today. Many needs that are going on even around the world. We pray that you would touch them and strengthen us. May you anoint these words this evening, Father. Touch, Lord. Bring strength to those that are even listening now. I pray that you'd stretch forth your hand of mercy. Do a supernatural work, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we ask. Amen and an amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to just take for a thought that his purpose might stand. Our purpose will not stand too long. Our energies will not last long. But God is a determined God. God is very determined. Hebrews chapter 11, and I, I, I just like to just take a few thoughts here just for a little bit. Hebrews chapter 11. You'll turn there with me. Amen. Hebrews 11. I can just, I can only fathom the thought of what it was like when Paul was writing the script as he's laying it out of each by faith and by faith and by faith and by faith Abraham and by faith Moses and and each one of them by faith. A lot of things were unseen. A lot of things were dropped into them by revelation and they grabbed a hold of it and held on it and they became passionate and they gave their very life for it. The scripture, and I pick it up in verse 31, and by faith, The harlot Rahab perished not with them which believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Here was a woman that caught the message of the hour and her entire city, her entire city was literally destroyed. Are you with me now? Thousands upon tens of thousands of people. We don't have an exact count there. But thousands upon tens of thousands. The spies had came in and saw it, how it was laid out. But there was a promise of God. His purpose was getting ready to stand. And here's one woman with an occupation of being a harlot. But a predestinated seed on the inside of her. It didn't bother God, her occupation. He was not ashamed. He knew she was in him before the foundation of the world. And this woman, literally in a few years, is going to be a woman that is married in an incredible situation. But at this point, she's identified as a harlot. I wonder how many of us had some pretty bad history to which that we don't even want to talk about tonight but God rich in mercy bypassed our original purpose what we thought we'd do and what we were doing and how we destroyed our life 
Listen, a lot of bad that we had done in our lives, but God rich in mercy. And the walls were crumbling around her and she had a promise. When this city falls, we're still going to be here. When everybody dies around us, we're going to overcome. We're going to be preserved. I say this to you, we living in this Laodicea and darkness and chaos and immorality and terrible turmoil, let the world fall apart. Because it's supposed to. Listen, it's coming to its end. Are you with me? It's coming to its end. But that end has got, like me the scripture said, it's a great and dreadful day of the Lord. One more I say of, for the time would fail me of Gideon and Baark and of Samson and Jephunneh and, and of David and of Samuel and of the prophets. Their single name in God's great hall of fame must have sent shivers through the devil. Oh, Brother Ron, I'd like to have a chapter. Oh, I don't need a chapter. I just want my name. Because if it's there, when there's no more Lucifer and no more of these devils and imps and his purpose is destroyed, I'll still be there. And I just happen to believe that's the way it is. Notice these words. Who through faith subdued kingdoms? Are you with me now? Can you put your name there? Who through faith subdued kingdoms? Are you with me? You subdued kingdoms of Laodicea. And it didn't overcome you. You subdued the fashion of this world. You subdued the sins that it so easily could beset others. And you're still standing. Oh, Brother Ron, I haven't done anything supernatural this week. You're here. You know, I haven't, I haven't done those. I haven't spoke the world into existence. I haven't done nothing. I, I actually sometimes feel like I, I don't hardly feel like a Christian. But you're still here. Sometimes we do things very naturally and don't realize it's very supernatural. Satan sets snares and traps and all different kind of things for you and you just... Carly, you're going to school. You're a senior this year if I'm might think so and as you're going to school and you're going through school and there's not too many people look like you would that be right you'd be probably in the minority yeah, yeah you're in the minority not too many people conduct themselves like you you've been in the minority but what they do don't matter to you Oh, but what they do offends me. Let them do it. This is their heaven. They're serving their purpose. You just had been called 
to a higher purpose. And his purpose will stand. Are you with me? Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weaknesses were made strong. Wax valiant to turn to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. How many's had that, that kind of day? That's not our age. We're not being stoned with stones. We're not being sawn asunder. We're not being pulled apart. We're not being burned at the stake. Our job is to overcome Laodicea. Are you with me? Are you with me? It's an age to where that churches are dying. People are dying off. People don't want to go to church. And yet God put a desire inside of you that you can't wait till those doors come open. Who did that? I say God did that. That his purpose will stand. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore seeing we are so compassed about with, with so great a cloud of witnesses. I'm going to share a few things with you this evening. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto our favorite preacher. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, of our faith, who forged the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What powerful writing. Malachi 4, 5, and, and verse 6. Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. There was a day that we preached, God sending Elijah, God sending Elijah, God sending Elijah, and Elijah came. The Pentecost preached, God sending Elijah. The Baptist preached, God sending Elijah. Spurgeon preached, God's going to send Elijah. He warned his own ministers that they couldn't reveal the seven seals. A prophet will come and do that. And God was just as good as his word. He sent Elijah. Hallelujah. He sent Elijah. We're not ashamed of that. But he was a man like like passions, like me and you. 
He made mistakes like you and I. Let me just say this to you. We're not to worship William Branham. We're not to disrespect him whatsoever. He said I, he would have wanted to be a trapper. If given his purpose, he would have liked to have been a trapper. Let me just bring it back to you. I thought this was interesting. Last week you heard a preacher that was a trapper at one time. When Brother Kelly was a younger man, he was a trapper that laid trap lines up in the northern up in the northern country of Canada there. And they would run uh, uh, those, those ski-mobiles and, and they would run them and go out for months at a time. And you know, Brother Kelly, the way that he conducts himself never looks like the kind of guy that would, that would be out there on the trap lines and, 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 and sleeping on that cold ground and building those pelts and building it together and spend months at a time. And then when your snowmobile breaks down, you walk for just tens of miles and, and have to get parts and come back and redo it all over and just spend the whole time. And, but you see, it was God was building a man. That's what Brother Brandon wanted to be. He wanted to be a trapper. He wanted to do those things. But God had a higher calling for him. He had a higher calling for you. Many of us were denominal people and many were in their, steeped in their denomination feeling that they were right. But one day, one day what you were listening to was not enough. Sitting in a pew going, you know, in the same ritual over and over again and you look around and there's no life here. Where's the life at? And then just something begin to brood over you like an eagle calling. Somebody handed you a book. Somebody told you about a story. Somebody invited you to church. Maybe walked into this church saying, I'll never come back again. But you knew that there was life to that. You felt that little something and that something just kept pulling. There's a song said, something keeps holding me. I'd like to say this, that we're not holding ourselves. I'm really glad of that too. Luke 17 and verse 30. Jesus is standing there and he says, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So we've lived in the day of the revealing of who Jesus Christ really is. Oh, we've had the Bible for many, many years now. People have fought and died over having the print of the Bible. Arguments have taken place which Bible is correct. (laughs) But in this day, it has become an open book to us. And we've seen Jesus Christ that is among us even now. And in that day which shall be, he shall be upon the housetop and and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is a field, let him not not return back. And Jesus says three words here that's, that's always astounding. Remember Lot's wife. We do not want to be identified with her. That even angels came to her house and and brought them out of Sodom and brought them out and, and, and they didn't go back to where Abraham was but as they came out, Lot's wife turned and looked back. She turned and looked back. Remember this, 
The scripture says that when a man puts his hand on the plow and he turns and he looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. I want to be fit. I want to be fit. I want to say this to you, there's nothing in this world. There's nothing in this world that I have seen and I've seen some very special things in life. I've been in some really interesting places. There's nothing here I want to stay for. Hollywood gives you a picture of how life ought to be. Really, really. And they make a movie together and then they fall in love and they leave their wives and then they go make another movie together and they fall in love and they divorce this one and marry this one for a little while. And, and stars become rock stars and country stars and before long you find out they're living secret lives. It's no reality to it. I heard Brother Andrew talk about an unreal world and, and this world that's in the imagination and the games and, and the things. People are so caught up. And the world is so caught up until they're they're, they're trying to live in an imaginary world. That's not real. Brother Branham would say those things are preparing people for a tribulation period. Whosoever shall seek his life to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life or shall preserve it. And I tell you that in that night there shall be two men in, in one bed and one shall be taken and another one shall be left. Two women grinding together, one shall be taken and another left. Two men in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. I want to fulfill the part of taken. Are you with me? I, I want to fulfill that part, taken. I don't want to show up here on the Sunday after the, after the people leave and go wherever is everybody at. I don't have a conversation with people that maybe have missed it and standing there and going, where are they all at? What a haunting affair would that be? So we're anointed by Almighty God to fulfill the overcoming portion in this day. Somebody's going to overcome. Somebody's going to overcome. Are you with me now? Somebody is going to overcome. Somebody's going to be raptured. I just happen to believe it's me. Brother Branham was standing and he's come to the end of a service. There's a man named Victor Ledoux, which is, he's standing there and he's a, and there's also French interpreters that are standing in the building not giving you all the history. And he's standing there and he's giving Brother Branham some cufflinks. And these cufflinks have a, have a line in it, a red line in it. They're white and 
Some of you have seen the pictures or maybe you've actually seen the cufflinks, but they have a, a little red line in it. And as he's standing there, he's talking to Brother Branham about this could be the 20, 20, the next chapter of the book of Revelations. And when he does, he begins to speak in tongues. And this man don't know French, but he begins to speak in French. And three people being interpreters all captured what this man said. And one being a, 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 a very distinguished interpreter. And it said, because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way. Thou hast walked in your own choosing. And I have a reason to say this. 11 years I worked at the Radford Arsenal. And we made bombs there. And I'll never forget we were there and I, I, I sat as a, a committeeman in the, uh, in the union and had a position there. And one day one of the vice presidents wanted to be a little bit snide with me and and he began, to, he began to make some remarks to me. And he began to kind of make fun of me for being a preacher working in a bomb factory. <clears throat> and I just cautioned him real quick and kind of turned his wheels just a few moments. But this poem, I, I cut it out and I put it on my locker. I put it on my locker and I looked at it every day. Because it was more than just Brother Branham's choice. Are you with me? More than just Brother Branham's choice. It's our choice. Are you with me? Listen, to be here, we had to leave somewhere. We left the world and we're here. We left the opportunities of the world and we're here. I want to read this again and I want this to become personal now to you. And remember, this wasn't William Branham saying it about himself. This was God saying it to William Branham. Because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way. Thou hast walked in your own choosing. Thou hast picked the correct and precise decision. And it is my way. Because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven will await thee. I believe I'm part of that. I believe I'm part of that. What a glorious decision thou hast made. Hallelujah. Let me just say this to you. We, we want to hear well done down here. And we love to be encouraged down here. But I can't wait to hear that from God. What a glorious decision thou hast made. This in itself is that which will give and make to come to pass the tremendous victory in the love divine. <clears throat> Somebody asked me the other day, where do you get that energy? Actually, my father said this to me, on Friday evening, he said, where do you get that energy to do this and just stay so busy and go in here? He said, how do you keep all of that straight in your mind? 
He said, how do you go from this to this to this to this? And, and you just, and, and he's just going on and he says, he said, I, I just, I, I kind of have trouble having breakfast and then going feeding the cows. I said, Dad, we're driven. Something on the inside of us. We're driven for a purpose. This ain't no time to relax and, and sit back. This is our opportunity. I want to challenge you tonight. This is our opportunity. God placed a drive on the inside of us. And he placed a zeal, a zeal, a burden, a real burden on the inside of us to carry God's word. This audience has a burden for the bright around the world and a vision to help others that others can have a hot opportunity to hear the same message that you hear. All of this will be accomplished. I think about the accomplishment that man has made. and Brother Brown talks about every generation must have its own revival. Talks about the cycle of passion, of life and death, and every, every generation, it seems to get weaker as it goes on. Even in a church, it seems like the next generation, if they're not careful, it falls and it fails away, and the next generation gets worse and worse, and the next generation gets worse. And there's a dying, and if it's only a denomination, the next generation don't look like the original. But what's different about this place? What's different about this place? Well, you've come, we've came through a couple of generations now. Give it a few more days, the baton will be handed to the next pastor. Are you with me? But this church is not regressing. Are you with me? We're pressing forward. Hallelujah. We're pressing forward. with me I heard Andrew preaching last night and I thought about it here then I was driving up the road at better than 70 miles an hour and I'm listening to the service and, and I, I'm just listening and I'm thinking in my mind I can't be there I'd love to be there but God you made a way you made a way I didn't put that gift there God put that gift there you made a way. God is a provider. Are you with me now? Remember this. Jesus said in, or in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Remember what Brother Brandon said about this quotation. This is the first time that God is on the outside of the church knocking. The church has put him outside. He's no longer welcome to run the church. But a governing body of, of, of men is, is governing the church. And Jesus is on the outside. And they've taken the scriptures and made them of non-effect. And said it's not inspired. Or we don't use that no more. And just begin to explain away the supernatural. 
buying prayers and buying obeisance and buying different things. And before long, generations become blinded. Before long, sin contaminates the church and sin contaminates the pulpits. It would be interesting if Elijah was here today what he would say. Brother Andrew used a word last night that's a very difficult word, a word called bastard. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a child that doesn't recognize his father, doesn't have father. And, I, and Brother Brown would call it that kind of a generation that we're living in. An illegitimate generation. And I'd say if he looked around at the, our government and our church world and, and the music and all that different kind of things, if he thought 65 was bad, Brother Jason, I'd say he would literally. That ought to give us a zeal like never before. To be on fire. God, don't let my fire go out. just say this to you. How does the fire go out? Well, if you were hunting in the, out in the mountains and you wanted to, to put your fire out at night, you just start separating the coals. You just start separating the coals and after a while, the, this coal will roll over here. It'll start to get cold and after a while, you'll see the redness leave it. After a while, it'll be, it'll be just a, a coal black clump of where fire used to be at. Listen, you lay out a church a few times. And for sake, not the assembling of yourselves together. Just stop praying a while. Just, just stop listening to the message of the hour a while. Why, why just come to church. Even if you come to church and just kind of fold your arms and sit there. Before long, they're just like a coal that has been rolled off to the side a little bit. Well, I didn't get nothing out of church. What did you put in? Are you with me? We expect the minister to preach a masterpiece every service. We really do. We expect the we expect the singer to never hear the sour note or the musicians to always be on perfect time. Maybe maybe Matthew or Andrew doesn't get the get the I can say that about them and maybe they don't get the 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 tone just right or the melody just right and you're you're going, you know, I wish they'd just get it together. Or maybe, maybe, you know, Brother Andrews is trying to preach or somebody's trying to preach and you're going, wow, I've heard this 20 times before. I, I, I just kind of wish they'd get somewhere, get somewhere with this. Somebody said something to me yesterday about a critic. 
And they said, well, you know, are you, aren't you worried about what they say? And I just looked like, I looked to the deacon that was talking to me and I said, have they ever won one soul? Have they ever won one soul to Christ? Have, have they ever really effectively preached one sermon? And you want to write an 80-page book to tell me where I'm wrong? I'll tell you, get over yourself. Go do something for Christ. Are you with me? We got a, a quotation for Brother Donnie Reagan this week, and I thought it was just applicable. I, I thought I'm going to hang on to that. Because they didn't want the New Testament, there came generations that literally tried to go back and say that Pontius Pilate never lived. They spent centuries trying to disprove the Bible saying Pontius Pilate never lived. They spent their whole life trying to prove he never lived so that they could disprove the Bible. Do you know about 10 years ago, they found the stone that Pontius Pilate signed. So there they spent hundreds of years trying to prove he didn't live And they wasted their entire life trying to prove that this Bible's wrong. A lot of people will spend their entire life trying to fight Brother Branham when he's dead, gone, and gone. They'll spend their life trying to fight men like Brother Homer or fight men like me or fight men all over the world. And they'll spend their life and it's gone. And they become nothing, nothing even dust. We won't even come become dust. But what will you do with your life? What will you do with your life? Brother Brown talked about a man named Demas Shakarian. And he came along and he sold Pentecost right back to Rome. And he was that close to the message. And he sold it right back to Rome. You heard that generation, next generation gets worse, the next generation gets worse. And here we come and we're living with his, his fallen grandchildren. And one of them is the highest fashion model, is the youngest, I think, billionaire. Her name's Kendall Kardashian. I, let me just say, if I go by the way of the grave and my grandchildren turn out to be that,
upon them. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and if it gives me repercussions, Sister Brenda, the other day at our Fraser dinner, I just kind of stood back and I was standing there. I was looking around the room. And now we've got generations that's went, grown up. And I'm glad to have Brother Vernon and Sister Francis. I'm glad to have them standing here as pillars. Sister Brenda, and this is where I might get in trouble. I'd like about 15 minutes next year at that dinner. And I want to bring myself, maybe I can get somebody to bring me a, a microphone and a speaker. And I want to preach on, have you forgot where you came from? Vernon, your grandma, your grandma shouting in that grottoes down there shouting in those meetings. Brother Homer, hallelujah, he stands shoulder to shoulder with some of the greatest men that ever lived. We can look in the folder back there, thousands that he baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and Brother Bill and Brother Vernon and other deacons baptize him in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just say, if you give a, a servant of God a cold drink of water, you get a reward. This audience is going to get a reward one day. Sure, there's a lot of darkness in the world, but there's light. There's light that is here. I don't mean that as a reflection to anybody. Brother Ron, you're throwing a stone at me. If it hits you, this is the spot to get it fixed. Brother Ron, that offends me. Here's the spot to get it fixed, not at the white throne judgment. While there's still life on the inside of you, get it fixed. Give your heart to God. Don't waste another day. Don't waste another month or week or life. Spend your life for Jesus Christ. months we'll go to Japan where there's just a handful of believers that are catching the fire of God. Then we'll go to the Philippines and within just a couple of days then back to Japan again to preach a meeting there. 
already get an incredible response that's going to go on there. Brother Ron, why put your life in jeopardy? I'll never see that person. But somebody spent the time to get you. Somebody spent the time to get you. The scripture says, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. As he has declared unto his servants the prophets, that's been fulfilled. No need to try to fight that. That's been fulfilled. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, go and take the book which is open. It's open. It's open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto me, give me the little book. And he said, take it and eat it. And it shall make thy belly bitter. But it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. It cleansed my life of all the inconsistencies because God wants more than a Bible in your hands. He wants the life in your heart. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Brother Man has a, a quotation that we read from, literally you hear it almost all the time. He comes right in the middle of the, and we'll just pick up right just a, just, a, just a part of it. He says that he knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, that she can do the greater works. She will be an invincible army. I'm not looking for a church coming. It's here. We're people of destiny. We're people of God's purpose. We're people of God's crowning achievement. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? That we see the hand of God being manifested among us. We have become lived voices. Lived voices. Anointed to fulfill under the influence of our, the mighty angel overcoming in this day when it seems like nobody can stand. Forgive me, it seems like nobody can stand. Everything's being shaken that can be shaken. But God's got a hold of our lives. He has pre-planned there's going to be some overcomers. He's pre-planned us to overcome. We have been ordained, we have been elected, and we have been placed to live in this day. And God's got work for us to do. I'd like to declare to you that the, my expectation is the rapture. I get up every morning. My expectation is the rapture. If it don't happen today, I'll be looking for it tomorrow. If it don't happen tomorrow, I'll be looking for it the next day. I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up disappointed that I'm still here. 
We come out of incredible services and we go home and literally feels like the rapture's happening around us. We go to bed and we wake up and it's another morning. And I just kind of sometimes go through the house. Well, we're still here. This is another day to overcome. So we realize, as Brother Tim preached here, we are people of an open book. We realize that we're people of 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. We're remaining. We are consistent. We're remaining. And if our time runs out and we go by the way of the grave, we heard it last week. Ain't no grave. Go hold my body down. I'm going to take a little liberty here just for a moment if that's going to be okay. <clears throat> you heard a song and you 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 heard a song and you enjoyed it. How many enjoyed that? There ain't no grave. I'm going to hold my body down. It's okay. I'm just going. I'm just going to go. And it was put on your heart to sing it. And then there was some apprehension. As a matter of fact, I believe it was one of the girls that said, "No, I don't." You know, there's certain things that's sacred. You just don't want to do. I don't want to touch that. Now, we may not get it right. I just don't want to. touch it. I don't feel nothing. No, we're not going to sing it. And they listened to it again. And they listened to it again. And Sister Heather and Caitlin, where's Caitlin at? They were listening to the song, and he came while they were listening to the song. How old are you, Caitlin? 14. Caitlin's 14 years old, and she said, you feel that, Mom? You feel that, Mom? When I heard these, I, you know, I hear almost everything. <laughs> and some things he shows me, so. When, when I heard that, I Brother Andrew was sharing with me. When I heard that, I was sitting in the back of the truck and I heard that. And I went, I'm thankful to God we've got children that can be sensitive enough to know that's the presence of God. child's acting out and getting bad let me just say the worst case we've got in this building is a million times better than out there I don't know how we're making it I don't know how it's all going to come together you just keep coming you just keep bringing them to the presence of the Lord. God will get a hold of their lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jason, come up here. I, wanna, I don't think he'll kill me for this. Some of you know Jason. Some of you know the old Jason. Isn't that right, Brother Ray? 
come on up here. Oh, there's people on that camera. There's, there's about a thousand people. Watch this. By the end of the week, by the end of the week, about a thousand people have seen this. So, this man is named Jason Burner. There was a time to where Jason didn't want to hear me preach. He, didn't, he declared, I, I'm not going to go back to church. I don't want nothing to do with it. There was a time that his conversation would make most Marines blush. He was an extremely rough individual. But we prayed. And we prayed. And when things looked like it would never get better, and never get better. And faults and failures and all different kinds of things. Brother Ray was going to put a heat pump. And Brother Jonathan and his team was going to put a heat pump. And I told him, I said, bring Jason. All right. And you came. And you came. Did I treat him like an outcast? I said, hey, I want to show you through my house. I took him in and I showed him all through my house, every nick, every corner. The thing that he didn't like, he fell in love with. And when he went home, his wife, why don't you just come too? They need to see you too. His wife noticed a change day one. Isn't that right? Day one. Is everything perfect? No. Is everything perfect today? Don't tell it. <laughs> but these two people are a million miles. They're a million miles from where they were. So, Brother David Mayer, I'm not sending you a picture. I'm sending you a video clip. He didn't have a ponytail, but he had sins miles and miles long. And God, rich in mercy, reached down and grabbed a hold of his life and raised him up. that the atmosphere that's in your home can be reflecting of what's in my home. I'll change a man like him. God bless you.
God bless you guys. Give the Lord a great big hand. I love you. This message works. This message lives. It lives, Brother Wiggum. It lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I had a whole lot more to go, but I'm just overwhelmed. What a glorious decision thou hast made. This in itself. Hallelujah. Brother Matthew, Brother Alvin, would you just come? I want to. You can keep standing. Musicians can come if you'd like. I'd love for you to come. Yeah, I did. Brother Harold, you remember Terry. Terry. Terry reminded me a lot of you in life. Y'all had a lot of the same interest. In, amen. How many remember Brother Terry Melton? Terry was just, he was just, a, he was just an awesome guy. He was just real. Wasn't no fake about him. He wasn't no put on. He was just real. These were two men that were standing there. I've come down to an end and I want to wanted to share a couple of things. Sometimes supernatural things happen, and there's nobody to witness it. But this man witnessed that little girl come out of that wheelchair. Andrew, where are you at? We witnessed that little girl come out of that wheelchair and run all over that building. We witnessed that. These two men standing here, standing there waiting at the corner, at the curtain, for me to come off after the meeting. And their plans was to take me to the office. And to begin to get the wet clothes off and get me dried up. And these guys are incredible. Get me ready to leave. But as we walked out of behind the curtain and I turned around and Matthew made the statement, I remember him making the statement, it's on. It's on. And one right after another, God began to do a work. Brother Jason, Terry Melton needed a night like that. Because he saw God. He saw God and he made the statement, I can serve a God like that. How many weeks is it between August and this week? August, the first week of August. We got a lot of kids here that's real quick. How many weeks is that? Can you just... Around 16 weeks. 
16 weeks. 16 weeks is not a long time. You know what he told his boys last week? He told his boys, he said, boys, whatever you do, get right with God. Whatever you do, get right with God. You only did Saturday night. He sat down with his boys and he said, show me a movie of Brother Ron. And he watched me preach, tears running out of his eyes. We'll have services like this over and over again. These guys were there to witness that take place. And really what happened was that man was getting ready to go home. He was getting ready to go home. And God had another plan. I'm really glad that God has another plan. Maybe tonight you'd just like to say, Brother Ron, I don't want to waste another day, another month. I want to give him 100% of my life. I may not understand everything in the world about the message. I may not be able to put all the doctrines together just right. But I want him. I just got to have him. Let myself get a little cool. For Christmas this year, I'd like to have him in my manger. I'd like to be the place where he would be born. Maybe next year, you'll pitch him. and those that are listening even now. Maybe they've wasted years. Circumstances of life have placed chains around them. But let Jesus come to our home. Like he came to Zacchaeus' house and in a few moments, Zacchaeus was a different type of businessman than when Jesus comes. Lord, our marriages will be different. Our lives will be different. School will be different. Lord, consume me, dear God. May it be like Isaiah. Woe is me. God, if you could take the coals from off of the altar and lay it upon our lips, change our lives, dear God. Don't let me waste another day. Father, help me, dear God, to be consumed with your holy presence today. And the God of your word live in our lives, dear God. Lady named Rahab or Samson of Jephaniah, Barak or any of those in the scriptures or Peter or James or John. Or... Lord, what about me, dear God?
consume us, dear God. Lord, minister to our hearts. Every hand that's been raised, dear God, touch lives. In Jesus Christ. God bless you,
worship you. Solid grid. 
Jesus. Oh Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he Lift up our hearts to 
sing one special before we leave this evening. He's got the whole world in his hands. How can I lose? Brother Alan, this is an interesting way to close the service. If he's got the whole world, how can I lose? He's got
God bless you this evening. We love you with all of our hearts. Amen. Pray for Brother Danny Stephen that he doesn't take three days to get here. Amen. Amen. So let's pray that God would just be with his trip and Sister Michelle as they come to preach to us on Saturday. and He comes to preach to us on Saturday and Sunday. She can preach to him. but <laughs> Amen. God bless you. We love you in the name of the Lord. God bless you, Brother Andrew, if you'll dismiss us a song. Amen. You're dismissed. Amen. God bless you. Love you. God bless you. God bless you, baby. This joy that I have, oh, the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have.